1: that's hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.
2: World and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for coming in. I'm your host Jillian Claire. I took a week off last week. I'm sorry I did not tell you that beforehand, but alas, life happened and I couldn't get to it. But we're back. We're back, and it's October. And wow, what a uh, what a crazy month it's already been. I mean, Facebook, Instagram going down. Some people think that they figured out who the Zodiac Killer was. I mean, what is going on? Uh, Mercury is really, really doing some wild, wild shit this year. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to ask you all, how did you feel with Facebook and Instagram going down for such a long period of a day? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not very long, but six hours in Facebook Instagram time is a very long time, and it's probably the longest Any of us have really gone without just, you know, checking it at least once. Um, I know I deleted Facebook from my phone a while ago, but Instagram is still there. And man, I just love posting things on my story and like watching other people's stories. So that was difficult for me. But I felt a bit relieved, which tells you that we probably shouldn't be on it anyway. Um, So I want to know how you guys felt. Let me know on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. (laughs) Let me know how you felt about that blackout. All right, y'all, let's get to it. Today on the show, we have Jackie Goldston. You know her best as the secretary on Doom Patrol. We also talk a little bit about her time working on Tell Me Your Secrets with Hamish Linklater. And uh, it was great pleasure to talk to her. And so here is my conversation with Jackie Goldston. And welcome to the show, Miss Jackie Goldston. Thank you. How are you on this fine day? Wonderful. It is beautiful outside. I love fall. It's
3: my favorite time of year.
2: I know. I know. Me too. For the listeners, we're recording this on October 1st. I literally have my flannel on. I'm saying it is fall, even if it is 80 degrees outside still. Exactly. It is fall. Uh, where are you about in in the country?
3: I'm right now in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Oh wow, I've never been to Atlanta. How are the seasons there? Is it does it get super fallish? It
3: it does. We have all four seasons, and I think that's what I like most about it. I moved from California a while back. I'm originally from there, oh, wow. so I really like that we have the four seasons. It's nice.
2: Yeah, I mean that's definitely something that I I have always wanted. I'm originally from Portland, but I've lived in LA since I was eight. So it's like, I don't know what season if I, from anything else. I'm just like, what is that? You get snow. So I like going to New York so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, um, how you became an actor. You said you are from California. Is that where you caught the bug?
3: no. I was I was was going to school to become a doctor no way I I, uh just inadvertently would be cast in roles in grade school and high school and didn't really have to audition in those that was back at a time when we really didn't have a whole lot going on as far as you know that in the in the schools Mm. so I would cast and I thought it would be cool and Lo and behold, those were larger roles. And I didn't I didn't think much of it until <laughs> high school. And I didn't go out on dates. I sat home and read Shakespeare because no one would ask me out. So Shakespeare and oh. I had dates on the weekends. Oh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's what I did. I read Shakespeare. We, you know, I practiced my British accents and
2: we had a ball. That is so adorable. So you read Shakespeare as, as a teenager, but then you decided to be a doctor. Yeah,
3: I was, I was on track for med school. I wanted to go to Emory here in Atlanta. I, uh, my senior year of high school was bitten by the theater bug. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of my parents, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> oh, man. But you still ended up going to college for a bit and doing pre-med. And what was the point of no return? Like, what was that moment where you were like, I, I'm i not going to do this. I need to go follow my heart.
3: I, I actually did not go to pre-med. I went no. I went in. No, that, that senior year of high school was when I was like, that's it. Done.
2: Just got okay. pat- bitten. Yep. Wow. So, so that then, at that point I was, I was in, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing about being an entertainer, right? It's like, it almost chooses you. And then you're just stuck there. Like, Oh, wait, exactly. <laughs> I want to do this forever. How do I do that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you, do you go to college or what, what is like the first move for you as a newly chosen actor?
3: My family always brought me up. I was an only child. We uh, they brought me up to want to go to college and get the education that was very important to them. Mm-hmm. My mom did not have a secondary education, and so that was very important for her uh, to have me get that. And mm-hmm. that was that was very much on my radar. So it took me <laughs> eight years to get my BFA, but I finally <laughs> did. <laughs> and i graduated from chapman university there in orange county
2: oh wow i mean hey there's no judgment here i am literally in college right now trying to finish out a degree <laughs> that i started when i was like 17 so i feel you on that um, but that's great so you come back you you come you do your your degree in at chapman and was that for theater or for film
3: yes both for both <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh. I love that. Chapman's such a great university too for that. I mean, the the amount of talent that comes out of Chapman is incredible and it's such a good school and the campus is gorgeous. I mean, what a place to go.
3: Yeah, it was a fluke actually. I had been divorced and I was a single parent, so I still needed to get my my classes in for, Mm -hmm. you know, getting some classes in. so I went to the Tustin Marine Corps base, Mm. had some classes and that's where I lived was in Tustin. They had some classes there on, on their base. And it was, some of them were from Chapman. And so I enrolled in Chapman university, not knowing what I was doing. And then by the time I realized what Chapman was, (laughs) my whole, my whole demeanor was like, Oh. I can go to a really legit theater school. Oh. So that's what I did.
2: <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I mean, so many people try to get into that university. It's incredible that you were just like, "Oh wait. This is this is big. Cool."
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At that time we uh we you know, it wasn't as it wasn't as popular as it is now, mm. but back then they still had a great program, and I'm just so grateful for it. Wow.
2: So what happens after college? What do you do? Well, I had already started a family
3: early. My, mm-hmm. uh, my now husband and I met in California while I was at Chapman, and we got married. Uh, we have two now grown daughters, and I have a grandson and one on the way. Ah. So that's that's what's happened, but I got here to Georgia because Georgia was a whole lot cheaper than California, Yeah, and that's when he got out of the Marine Corps, that's where we decided to go. So we came here to Atlanta in 97, and I started a theater company after I got my first national commercial.
2: Wow. You started your own theater company. I
3: did. It was on my bucket list.
2: So I started it, and I did it. I mean, that's that's a sign of a badass woman, right there. That is so cool. Uh, is it still around? Do you still got, do you still put on productions?
3: No, unfortunately, it was just community theater. There was nothing yeah. here for adults, for children. The mm. high schools mm. here, however, had churned out some really good names: Kelly, Kelly Giddish, Win mm-hmm. Everett. You can find their names out there, and they've done they've done quite a bit, but there was nothing here for adults. And yeah. so that was why uh, I really had to, had to do that for my community. And we churned out plays, musicals. I started a murder mystery troupe for companies. We did wow. old time radio theater, which I love doing the sound effects. So fun. <laughs> uh, a, a writing competition for all ages. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wow. Somebody should. It lasted for six you. years. We were never in the red, so I'm really proud of that.
2: <laughs> hey, that's a huge accomplishment as a theater. I mean, that's that's big. Um, wow. So you start your own theater company. And then when did you start, because you moved to Atlanta really before the wave of major film and TV productions going there. When did you kind of start to realize, oh, things are shifting here and I, I'm going to have like huge opportunities now?
3: You know, it was probably in 2007 that I started seeing things really, really start to ramp up. Mm. And Mm. I had promised my youngest daughter that I wouldn't do any theater or anything to take me away from her while she was in high school. So for Mm. four years, I didn't. I focused on her. My poor oldest daughter, I didn't promise her that. And (laughs) (laughs) so I went through that. got done and I was bound and determined to get back in the swing of things and found yeah. myself an agent and off to the
2: races. Off to the races and let's let's talk about some of the races that you've done. Um, I remember you and tell me your secrets. I thought that was such a great show and you did it such was. a wonderful job. Um, how was it working with Hamish Linklater? I, I think he's one of the most fantastic actors of his generation.
3: I am with you on that. He, he's phenomenal. He was such a joy to work with. He is just always on the ready, very much there. Every time, every take, uh, was like, we'd never met each other before. I purposely, because I wanted to feel that tension. I purposely pulled myself away from everyone on set mm. so that when uh, first team was called back on, on set, and I was in that car with Hamish, there would still be that weird tension. Yeah. And I think, you know, that it helped a little bit, but it was just an awkward situation. And I wanted to keep that. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was tremendous. He thanked me. I thanked him. He was, he's very giving because he gave a hundred percent, even when the camera wasn't on him. So,
2: see, that's a sign of to me like a very special actor because there are actors out there who will give you fifty percent when the camera's not on them and it's just your close up, and then you are like, okay, but I still need to do my job, and for me to do my job how I want to do it, I need you to do your job a little bit more.
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, especially in those emotional scenes, you know, yeah. it's just it's very hard for us to feel. Like we're in it if they're not in it.
2: It's so true. It's so true. But um, I got to ask. But yeah, have
3: Hamish Linkletter. Sorry to interrupt you. Hamish, he's fabulous in Midnight oh Mass. I, don't I know was just going to ask
2: you if you oh watched God. it. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. Oh, my God. He is so good in that show. I was literally texting so my good. best friend. Like, I don't know how he toes the line of, being creepy but being honest and like somehow making me very comforted by his presence but also like what the heck's going on with you something's off yes <laughs>
3: phenomenal
2: mean, phenomenal what a show and also samantha sloyan who played uh i think it was beverly oh my gosh she was terrifying
3: <laughs> wasn't she? that was that was like a role that i would get yeah i mean she was horrible wasn't she she just made you want to strangle her through the screen
2: oh totally she yeah. scared the crap out of me um big props to her uh but let's talk a little bit about doom patrol this awesome television show that you're on as the secretary tell me a little bit about it
3: doom patrol is it's a superhero show one of the most outrageous superhero shows you will ever see in your lifetime <laughs> but it's so beautifully done beautifully shot, beautifully lit. Uh the opening sequence is just stunning. Mm. Uh and even though there's creepy elements to it and bizarre elements to it, it's just so well done. The writing is is so precise. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's so precise. The uh the they hold nothing back for it. It's just a wonderful experience. And as far as my role on there goes for being one of Jane's 64 personalities. So wild. What what a what a blast. You know, we all the Janes, we call ourselves the Janes. We all have become very much a family. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun.
2: I mean, I have to ask about that. What do you guys all communicate with each other when you're about to do scenes of like are your personalities intertwined with this same thing are you on the same page about what's going on in the script or is it that you each come as an individual and bring your own perspective
3: usually when we're together we are all on the same page because our our goal in in that is to protect the girl who Mm -hmm. is the little girl Kay, played by sky roberts beautifully And of course, that in turn means also protecting Jane and a lot of times from herself. Mm
1: -hmm. So,
3: all of us are very much on the same page when we are all together.
2: Man, I wish I could have 64 personalities to protect me from myself. (laughs) I mean, good Lord, that would help. I'd like to have some friends. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, anybody want to come be our friend? friend. (laughs) Hello. Oh my gosh. Um what do you like best about being the secretary because there's so many there's so many personalities. So what what makes your person? Why do you love her so much?
3: The secretary is definitely different. She is described as being emotionless, highly intelligent, logical. Mm-hmm. Uh and we we see her a lot more in season 2 than we do in season 1. But I like the secretary a lot because she, well, she's more stoic than I am. I'm a lot more goofy and, and I kind (laughs) of, I kind of am a big goob on set, but (laughs) 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 she's completely the opposite of that. (laughs) Very stoic, put together and uh, very, you know, blunt and not really kind but not really upset or anything like that because of her emotionless status so compared to the other personalities she i would think she is more of a safe place for jane or can be perceived as that for jane since she doesn't have the emotion that the other personalities do so she's she's able to give more of the straight scoop without all the drama
2: so how do you how do you get there as an actor? You said that you're kind of a goob on set. So how do you how do you make that transition with without making it like a monotone AI thing, making her still real? What do you go through to to get there emotionally?
3: <laughs> That's really <funny. laughs> I think about my younger self. <laughs> I was very I've always been an introvert so uh I go there mm. to be honest and because of my family's focus on education that speaks to the character as well mm. so my introverted self my professional self I used to answer the phones for my father's business mm. that comes out and I'm able to tap into a lot of my former my former life
2: wow That's so cool. Your former life coming into your current life with a secretary. Yes. I love that. Well, on this show, we like to share audition stories, um, ones that are either the ones that got away or heartbreaking ones or funny ones. Do you have any stories that you would like to share with our listeners?
3: I have one. Ooh, it was my very first job, and it was that national commercial that I was telling you about earlier that helped fund the theater company. I did everything wrong for that audition. <laughs> <laughs> I came in in my PJs. Oh my god! It was for a mattress commercial. Came in in P, you know, the satin shiny mm-hmm. PJs. Mm-hmm. Everything wrong, so wrong, and full makeup. Oh, uh, But John Madden, I don't know if you're familiar with John Madden. He used to do all the football announcing back in the 90s. And he came out with, you know, Madden 95 or whatever, the the games.
2: Oh, right, right.
3: He uh, was the narrator for this particular commercial. And one of his requirements was that they taft Hartley the two actors that they get. Oh. And so I thought that was really nice of them to Very do that. Nice. And I was, I had just gotten here to Atlanta and uh, I auditioned completely wrong, mm-hmm. had to do some choreographed movements, you know, bonk, you know, being uncomfortable in the bed with my male cohort. And there was also a dog in the, in the commercial. So during the actual commercial itself, mind you, I was a young mother at the time And it was a mattress commercial. So I'm going to just leave that there for just a second and let you know that I did fall asleep. (laughs) 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 I fell asleep in the mattress during the commercial while they worked the dog.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. You're like, this is a great vacation. Love this. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Fell asleep in the mattress. I yes. mean oh, I don't know about you, but I take naps sometimes on set. There's <laughs> nothing else to do. Like if you're in between I... takes or in between setups and it's like a couple hours, what else are you gonna do? Take a nap. You
3: know? Exactly. <laughs> and this dog was at the at my feet just yapping. <laughs> I just completely tuned it out. Yeah. You're like,
2: I need this moment. Oh,
3: kids, it's not a child. I don't have to worry.
2: (laughs) I need this moment. Please give me this moment. I need to sleep. (laughs) Wow. I love that. So what's next for you? What do you got on the books? Do you have anything coming up? What's what's happening?
3: I do. I'm going to be going to L.A. soon, but uh, I can't talk about things because those Ah! NDAs. Those darn NDAs, you know, but uh, we are all hoping for a season four of Doom Patrol.
2: Yes, yes, yes. We love that. Um, My last question for you is a very generic question, and it's one that a lot of people ask, but what is what's the dream role for you at this point in your career? What would you like to do now?
3: You know, it's, it's interesting because I'm not all about fame and fortune. I want to be a Margo Martindale where people kind of look at her and say, you know, I think I've seen her in the grocery store at church or at work, but I'm not quite sure. I can't put my finger on it. I just want to work. I really just want to work and I'm, I'm better at the character roles.
2: Yeah. So I just
3: want to, I want to be a Margot Martindale when I grow up.
2: I love that. You know, there's something so fantastic about Margot Martindale's career. And I know that more and more people have been talking about it over the years. Everyone's like, oh, well, of course, Margot Martindale's in it. She's in everything. But um, I, I really aspire to <clears throat> her career and, and people like Allison Janney and Sarah Paulson who found, who found success later in life. And found it with really great characters, not just the, you know, young girl doing this, young girl doing that, like just a very, like, really distinct, well thought out characters that they found the success with. Um, and I think that's really inspiring. Absolutely. Well, Agreed. I, I wish you all the luck. I'm so excited to see what's next. And I will be praying for another season of Doom Patrol. Um, where can people find you on social media to follow along? I am on Instagram, Jackie underscore Goldston and I am,
3: have a Facebook page as well. So you can find me in those two places. And it's been such a pleasure, Jillian. Thank you. I know
2: it's been so great. Uh, I'm so excited to see what you do and thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic fall and I can't wait to hear about, you know, what's happening with you when those NDAs are no longer NDAs. (laughs) thank you again to jackie for coming on the show i'm super excited to hear what she has coming up next and uh i'm gonna go binge some doom patrol as always please remember to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now i know that gets old i know you're sick of hearing all of us say it but it really does help oh god it hurts me to say it still And since you're already looking at your phone doing those wonderful things for us, uh, check out our show notes and then head on over to our social media where you can find exclusive video clips from these interviews on our Instagram. So head on over there to watch those. And uh, yeah, y'all, thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in next week. I have a really fun guest on. Uh, She's a she's a hoot and a half. So tune in next week. And as always, Thanks for coming in.
1: Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what if questions about the future, like what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.